Today's episode of Pushing Through is brought to you by DraftKings. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of all the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you 100-to-1 odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. And if you haven't tried DraftKings, this is officially the time. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any golfer from this weekend's tournament, and if they finish in the top 10, you cash $100. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this weekend's tournament. That's code TATE to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. With no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. (laughs) Limitations apply. Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, it is a little bit different today because it is a Sunday. It is Augusta National Master Sunday, and you are working on the weekend like usual. What is going on in your world? Come on, man. You know what? You got to work every day, all day. You know, on Sunday, I try to get two jobs. So just keep working, keep plugging away, and... um no, it's all good. All good. Watching a little NBA, watching a little Masters today. So uh, it's all good. Yeah, BJ, this is one of the best weekends we have. We got, you know, obviously the Masters going on this weekend. We just had March Madness in last week. So this is when people are tuning in. We got springtime coming. But you just called a very interesting game in the NBA. You had the Boston Celtics a team trying to get back in a good groove. And the Denver Nuggets, one of the hottest teams in the NBA, Let's talk about that game, BJ. What, what what went down in that one? What'd you see, and uh, what can you report for us? It was a very frustrating game uh, this afternoon for the Denver Nuggets. You know, Denver has been playing great. They had an eight straight win since acquiring Aaron Gordon and Javale McGee, and suddenly, you know, they had the game under control. They are up fourteen late in the third quarter, and as you know, Tate. Um, the game is never over until it's over. You know, this, give the Celtics credit here. They battled. They stayed, you know, to the game plan. They finally made some shots. And lo and behold, you know, when the game was over, you know, they ended up winning the game by a large margin. There was one stretch here, a nine-minute stretch, Tate in the third quarter and the fourth, headed, or heading into the fourth quarter, when they went on a 31-3 to run. Yeah, that's never that, good if you're on the other side of that. Yeah, yeah, and that was the turning point in the game. So, you know, Coach Maloney elected to go to his bench, and he was it was kind of a different rotation. He was playing kind of 
groups. He was playing, he was substituting where he had groups playing with one another. And the second unit couldn't get it going there in the first half. Didn't seem to bother him. It couldn't get it going in the second half, and it really turned the game around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of those guys in the second unit, you know, you're talking about the P.J. Dozers of the world, the Jermichael Greens of the world, the, you know, Millsaps in that group. So trying to find some sort of footing. But it was interesting, as you said, B.J., this is the hottest team in the NBA. They've won eight straight games. Most people are now turning their eyes. I mean, we just talked about it. They, they are they have the recipe to win a title within the next three seasons with what they've got. So uh, is there anything that, you know, on the flip side of this from the Celtics, you know, we haven't had many positive storylines coming out of Boston. So is it good to see, you know, the Celtics have a game like this for their own sanity and mental headspace? Well, you know, the the, the Boston Celtics fans, you know, they they are a very passionate group, as they should be. I mean, they have the history. They have the the hardware to to have this level of confidence. However, I don't think anyone expected them to win this game here. I think they they ended up winning by 18 points here, uh, but it was a large margin. So give the Celtics credit. They played well. They attacked the basket. They shot it, you know, decent from three-point range. But more importantly, they were defending tonight. And that's one of the things that's been missing for this team that hasn't allowed the Celtics team to play with the consistency that they've been looking for all year. But when you do defend like they did this afternoon, when you do shoot the ball well, that covers up for a lot of your mistakes. And they got a lot of contributions from a lot of different places. You know, I thought one of the one of the turning points of the game for them was the play of Marcus Smart. You know, Marcus yep. Smart continues to grind. He continues to play through uh, whether he shoot the ball shoots the ball well from distance or not. And I think it becomes contagious with the rest of the guys because Marcus Smart's game doesn't depend on whether or not he shoots well to have an impact on the game. And he was very impactful here this afternoon. Yeah, 14-4-5 and five in this one. Uh, Robert Williams is another guy that I've seen that's been impressive for them. They needed a big to step up after they traded Tice, so that's a, a guy that's been important. They call him the Time Lord. Um, and then Jalen Brown, as always, you know, is playing really solid for them. So their all-stars are playing like all-stars, but I think they're defending like all-stars, and that's the reason why Boston has been a contender the past few years because they've been a great defensive team. And then it seems like I, I remember watching a Sixers game the other week where the, the Sixers kind of imposed their defensive will, and that was the, the opposite of what we had seen in the past, you know, with well, these two teams. You know, these Sunday early starts are always kind of a different game. You know, this was really a tale of two halves. In the mm-hmm. first half, the, the Denver Nuggets were just coasting. They had the game under control. Jokic has a triple-double. They're doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I think, you know, Michael Porter Jr. comes out, has 11 first-quarter points. And then suddenly, when I tell you the wheels fell off, I mean, they, they, they just couldn't score. I think they scored eight points total in the in the fourth quarter. So the second half was a disaster for the Denver Nuggets. And... You know, let's give the credit for the other team. You know, it wasn't wasn't that Boston's defense was so great, but they did defend well and they made big plays. And when you make shots, when you make plays and you're physical, uh, you know, the, the referees tend to give you the benefit of the doubt. The Denver Nuggets got a little bit out of control. They were uncharacter- uncharacteristically, they 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 kind of they they got out of out of you know their rhythm as we should say they're in the in the second half and they were never able to regain it so even when they came back with their starters you know it got so kind of uncharacteristic with them that they even took Jokic 
substituted him late in the game, like the last four minutes. He didn't even play. So it was just a it was a tough game. It's it's one game. You know, you shrug it off and you move on to the next one. Yeah, it's one of those games where uh, Boston can leave with a lot of confidence because they were able to stifle the team that, you know, came into the building, like you said, with physicality uh, and and be able to sort of send a message of sorts. And then on the flip side, if you're Denver, you kind of just wipe that one off, say, hey, we eventually we're going to have to get tested. You know, we buckled a little bit. We understand that we'll be better from it and uh, and move on, which is the expectation, because like you said, I mean, Jokic and uh, I, I saw a quote from Aaron Gordon the other day. He said these are the easiest baskets he's ever gotten in his career. And you can see that. I mean, when you have a guy like Jokic who can literally pass the ball out of the post and you just cut to the basket and you got free dunks and, you know, free range to do whatever. Right. It's a fun brand of basketball. Yeah, it is. But, you know, today, you know, the Celtics made adjustments. And it was tough. Aaron Gordon had a tough, tough night, probably. You know, I haven't seen all of the games this year for the Denver Nuggets, but this was one of the toughest stretches I've seen in the games that I've seen them play this year. I mean, it really was a tough stretch. It was probably mm-hmm. arguably to, you know, the Nuggets fans, it's probably the toughest, you know, half of basketball they probably had all season. So, you know what? I'm not going to make too big of a deal of it, but I am a little concerned, and I'm concerned because, you can't always depend on your shooting. And when you don't shoot well, if you're going to have a championship caliber team, you got to find ways to grind the game out on the defensive end. And it's okay if you're not making shots and they're not making shots and the game kind of comes to a standstill. Tate, when I tell you the Boston Celtics were driving the ball at the Denver Nuggets, they were driving it. They were driving it dunking the basketball they were driving it finishing at the rim and one and that was a little concerning okay so when it's one thing when you're just not playing well it's hey we all have tough nights but it's another thing when you didn't see the effort necessary especially on the defensive end when you're talking about winning a championship because if you're going to win a championship you got to find a way to defend on the other end and Mm -hmm. tonight Tate they didn't do that and like I said, it's it's one game. Um, it wasn't this. This is a team that's been playing fairly consistent all season. And this is a team now I think is a, they're expecting great things. And you don't like to see these type of efforts, but it happens during the course of an NBA season. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are, and they can't stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop. Over a mile to stop. By that time, it's too late and the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way. And you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't. 
Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket, and DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of all the action by giving you a shot to land at the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you 100-to-1 odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. Turning $1 into $100 is a simple thing to do you just pick any golfer from this weekend's tournament and if they finish in the top 10 you cash 100 DraftKings is safe secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code tate when you sign up to turn one dollar into 100 if the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this weekend's tournament that's code tate t-a-t-e to turn one dollar into 100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey or Indiana or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. With no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Uh, BJ, I, w- I did want to talk about last night. We got the perennial favorites uh, of both coasts, the Brooklyn Nets and the, <laughs> you know, the Los Angeles Lakers facing each other. We got a lot of, you know, back and forth, uh, you know, both on the court and off the court, you know, with bantering and tweets and things like that. But just the basketball of it was very interesting. I thought last night, Kevin Durant was back. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving was obviously there. Um, they had their moments, their talent, obviously, you know, speaks for itself, speaks volumes. Um, but the Lakers without Anthony Davis, without LeBron James, were able to get a nice win against the Brooklyn Nets. And we talked about trying to find that continuity for those guys and, and trying to figure out who they are as a team. It does seem like we're going to get some growing pains. And last night was one example of that. Well, you know, Tay, I, I've said all along that if the Nets are going to win a championship, it's going to be a first because it doesn't look like this team is going to have the ability to be a good defensive team. Mm-hmm. And they're going to rely on, and it seemed like um, watching them last night, they're going to heavily rely on their offensive ability to win games. And last night was another indication of that. You know, we make so much about what they can do on the offensive end. We don't need to go through it again here. But defensively, they weren't able to contain, you know, Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond was very impactful in the game last night. Mm-hmm. He was impactful not only on the offensive end, but the defensive end. His physical presence on the floor, you can see, is going to be a problem with the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when LaMarcus Aldridge is doing what LaMarcus Aldridge does, which he makes mid-range, he makes post-up turns around, turnaround shots, He's a very effective offensive player. But on the defensive end, you know, he's not a shot blocker or a rim protector. You know, he's not a, a, a physically imposing player who's going to, you know, put his will or physicality on the game. And you can see when he plays against bigger players like Andre Drummond because of his girth, it's going to provide problems for them. Mm-hmm. And because Blake night, can't match up that. either, yeah. No, with a guy I mean, like he's just he's not tall enough. You know, is yeah. he big enough? Yes, but is he tall enough? No. 
and you could see what a, a player like an Andre Drummond is the problems that are that the Brooklyn Nets are going to face when they face bigger, stronger, athletic players like that. So I didn't expect them, especially when I say them, I didn't expect the Los Angeles Lakers minus Anthony Davis and LeBron James to walk into Brooklyn and have a 25-point win. I didn't see that coming. Same. Okay, especially with Kevin Durant and Kyrie playing. So, again, it was kind of – I was surprised. But the things that I thought were going to be a problem with Brooklyn showed up. And you could see that the physicality of the game is going to be a problem with them, regardless of what they can do on the offensive end. You still have to respect what they can do, Brooklyn, because of their offensive ability. Yeah, they but can def- put up 160. Yeah. yeah, but defensively, you could see the problems. And if you're the L.A. Lakers, if you're teams around the league who the Sixers, saw the game just like that, the Sixers, yeah. they're looking at this with the confidence of saying, we can punish this team in the interior. Yep. And regardless of how many points they're going to score, we know we can score as well. So... And as you know, defense more times than not wins out. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to pick the side of defense if you're asking me to choose. But, you know, you don't want to make too big of a deal about it, but you definitely saw the flaws with having a team that really can't defend, defend on a consistent basis because it puts so much pressure on your offense ability and you can't always shoot the ball well. And that was the case last night. Yeah, they they definitely don't have that rim protector, and obviously they got the bigs for you know fouling purposes when you have to go up against a guy like a Drummond or obviously a guy like you know Embiid, which will be the real test for the Brooklyn Nets, obviously. But twenty and eleven for Drummond, uh, Schroeder had a great game last night. Obviously, Kyrie and KD got their numbers, you know, so it's not to knock their game, but like you said, defensively there has to be some sort of uh, reckoning, or they have to have the ability to say. We know we're going to lose two games just because we, we're not going to be able to defend at that level, and we're going to hope that we can win four with our offense. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's one thing. One point I want to make here, Tate, is when you're building a championship roster, and clearly the Brooklyn Nets have a championship caliber roster, right? Mm-hmm. I mean they they've assembled some great individual, individually talented players, but there's a one element that's essential in today's game, and it's a positionless game in many regards because everyone switches on the defensive end and it's going to require if you're going to if you're going to you know really engrace yourself with that way of thinking you have to have rim protection and rim protection is the one key element that will allow you to recover from a bad defensive possession but more importantly it forces the other team to not just drive the ball, you know, literally down your throat every single yep. time because, you know, they know you can't stop them at the rim. So when I'm looking at these teams, I'm looking at teams who can rim protect, who can play positionless basketball, and that will really be a deciding factor on who's can advance and who can't. You know, when I look at the Sixers, as much as we talk about Joel Embiid on the offensive end, what he does, Joel Embiid, is one of the best defensive centers when he wants to be at the rim, his physicality, 
and what he can do to control the paint. Come playoff time, who will be uh, affecting the game? Yes, that will he. You know, Rudy Gobert. We know his rim protection. You have to game plan for that. You know, Dwight Howard last year and Javale McGee. They were terrific for the L.A. Lakers. So rim protection is a key. I think the addition of Andre Drummond gives them the potential now to have additional rim protection with a healthy Anthony Davis. So that gives them the ability to defend. Once you can defend, then you can score. And if you're shooting the ball well, it allows, you know, it gives you an advantage. So I look for that. And, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to harp on the, the, the Brooklyn Nets. That is the one thing that I continue, continuously look at and say, I'm not sure if this team can do that. And if they do, if they're if they're going to go into the playoffs with no rim protection, then they're going. It's going to put a, an incredible amount of pressure on their offense to perform and perform at a high level, or on a guy like Kevin Durant to be that rim protection because we've seen him be a, a stopgap at times when he was in Golden State. But asking yeah, him to to come to off such now, an injury yes, and do that yes, now is yes, a lot to ask. Exactly. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. And you know what? I mean, he he you know. Over the last couple of years in the championship run they made in Golden State, you could see he has the ability to do that because of his size. Mm-hmm. And but if you're consistently asking him to do that, um, I'm not sure if that's the 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 long term solution for any team. Yeah, it can't be the answer. It can obviously be something that you use to your advantage. Like even Anthony Davis being able to slide over to the five. That's sort of the right. same idea. If you can go small and have a guy like AD and KD match up, that would work for the Brooklyn Nets. But like you said, the Lakers now have Drummond, which there there seems to be no counter right now on that Nets roster. And uh, that that is a fascinating wrinkle because we, we talked about the bigs coming back, and that is a perfect example of it because when you have a big – that is a Joel Embiid or a DeAndre Ayton or a Andre Drummond, and you don't have a guy like that on your roster with that size, it, it is hard to compete. And that is what, uh, that's why those guys always went number one in the past. You know, that's, that's, right. what, that's, right. <laughs> that's why it always makes sense now. Um, the uh, BJ, is there any other? I know we got it. We're, we want to make this one a, a tight episode today. It's a Sunday special pushing through. Uh, anything else from uh, the NBA world? The Hornets and the Hawks just faced off. That's a good four or five matchup in the Eastern Conference. But uh, Hawks were able to pull this one out. Thought that was a nice game. A lot of young stars in that game. It's a, it's a fun little rivalry that's going on in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you know, that was, uh, you know, the Hornets, you know, they lose a tough game here this um this afternoon and you know right now the hornets are down right Mm -hmm. they're down they lose a tough game here to the atlanta hawks and the hornets are down a couple players they got gordon Hayward out they got lamello ball out and they're still finding a way you know to to hang in there in this playoff race so let's hope that those guys get healthy and they can make a return Okay. Uh, in NBA news, you know, James Wiseman looks like he's going to be out mm. with a torn meniscus, I believe, in his right knee. Yep. And, you know, let's get, let's hope to get him back. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of James Wiseman. Um, as the, the Warriors are trying to get into the playoffs, you know, they need all the healthy bodies they can get. So that's going to be a big loss for them at some point, but let's hope that he gets back, that he's healthy and then he can get back soon. And 
look like his season is going to end uh, this year and hopefully 21, 22, uh, he'll get back on the court and get back to playing the game at a high level because, um, you know, he really showed flashes this year. Yeah, we're really hoping that the Warriors can get off this injury bug and, and get forward and get some positive news in the future. I did want to point out in that Hawks game, Bogdanovich had an amazing game, uh, 32 points. You know, you can kind of see the the flamethrower aspect of his game that the Bucks, you know, wanted to trade for at some point. So I thought that was interesting. And to see Lou Will uh, have some big moments there for the Hawks, you know, for his hometown Hawks. I thought that was cool. So... Uh, two other guys to shout out, but uh, I, 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 this has been fun, BJ. A Sunday pushing through special. Uh, I enjoy us being able to hop on and, and and chat a little bit about what's going on in the NBA world. And we will be back regular scheduled regular scheduled programming uh, on Tuesday this week. This has been pushing through. Thanks for listening, BJ. Anything else before we get out of here? Man, if you're in, if you're in water, my friend, we got to make waves. That's what make it is. Waves. Appreciate it as always. Appreciate our listeners. Thanks for listening, and uh, let me get back to this golf now and see <laughs> how, how this is going to end. And, uh, hey, we'll see you guys uh, on Tuesday. Beautiful. All right. We'll see you then. 